testing. So I was playing this video game. It was super no. cool. <laughs> <laughs> Welcome to the Red Raven Games Podcast. This is episode two, our second go at this. Woo-hoo. All right. We, yeah. we hopefully we captured some uh, listeners at the first episode, which is at currently right now 428 plays. So, which is not yeah. bad. So That's thanks, not everyone. Bad. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. So I'm Ryan Lockett, and here with me I have Craig Knight and Brenna Asplund. Say hi, guys. Hey. Hello. So, yeah, I thought last week went well. Yeah. This is a fun episode. Talked a lot about uh, talked well. Talked a little bit about near and far. Yep. And some of the games we're playing. And why don't we just jump right into that? Nice. Hey. So, uh, what games have you guys been playing? So lately? this week, uh, Overwatch came out, which I, I haven't. I originally didn't play the beta, but I uh, decided to buy it yesterday for forty dollars on PC. So if you're looking to get, you should totally get it. And it's really fun and addicting. I, I really enjoy the game right now. It's uh, it, I don't know. It's the thing I like about the best compared to like other uh, games similar to like uh, Team Fortress uh, is that it allows you to see like your your team balance. It'll show you oh you have too many snipers, you have too much DPS, you don't have enough support. So that way you can look at it and go okay maybe I sh- this round should be a support character or. I should be a sniper or DPS. It kind of lets you know, hey, don't be a jerk <laughs> if yeah. you're just like stubborn normally playing a certain role all the time. Yeah, yeah. I've I played a little bit of it, and uh, I like the I like the teamwork aspect. They definitely tried to push players to do that, mm-hmm. um, which is why some people hate it. I yeah. guess. Yeah, <laughs> yeah. And they did it in a really smart way by just presenting like on the sidebar, just saying you don't have enough this or this, which is smart so good job blizzard you you officially did it now one thing i was talking about uh with my brother um and something that i like about the design is that when you finish a map it doesn't show it doesn't really show how you did in relation to everyone else Mm -hmm. it only shows how you did relation in relation to yourself Right. Yeah, that was kind of frustrating <laughs> to see. Like, oh, oh, I want to see how bad I am compared to everybody yeah. else, which is, I guess, a good thing if you, I don't know, it's good because if you're like first coming into the game and you struggle, you don't want to look at yourself and compare yourself to others to be like, oh man, I really suck. Then discourage you from from playing. But if you just see like how you're doing, you can base like, oh, I did really well at this match. Yeah, I'll do better next time. But it's it's weird it's interesting it's different than other how other games do it yeah and i'm sure that was like the goal was um to lower players frustration with the game yeah because like i know if i play another sort of a multiplayer battle game and i constantly see how bad i'm doing in relation to everyone else 
you know, it makes me not want to play anymore. So that's <laughs> yeah. probably like, yeah. and, and now all you see is like, ooh, you did better than you normally did. And it's like, yay, <laughs> yeah. I'm, I feel good about myself. <laughs> well, I, I haven't played the game, but I assume in general, you can at least sort of gauge if you're way better or way worse than the people you're playing against, oh, which yeah. is probably as much as you need to know. You know, the advice is always don't compare yourself against other people, just against yourself. So yeah, that's true. That's good. Yeah. So you played any, any um, games lately? This right. week, I've been playing the exciting 3D puzzle game called IKEA Furniture. Oh, nice! nice. <laughs> Love that game. It's, yeah, it's really, it's really fun. Yeah, too. it's really graphics, fulfilling yeah. when you get it all together. You really feel like you've accomplished something. <laughs> yeah, yeah. So did you get what? What did you end up getting? Did you get like a bookshelf? Oh, I got I got a bookshelf, a desk, a dresser, and an armchair. Whoa! And then my brother got a wardrobe, and my sister got a desk. And we got a bunch of little like bits and pieces of stuff too, like a new shower curtain and stuff. We just we went to IKEA <laughs> twice last week and we just went wild. <laughs> wow, nice, nice. I yeah, I've done that. Yeah, me too. Yeah, I've I've been living in this apartment for two years and my room still more or less looked like I had just moved into it. So I figured it was time to do something. Yeah, <laughs> <laughs> I literally had a box, just a pile of cardboard boxes against my. Uh, wall and i was like i need to get something wow i was thinking about this uh just kind of like off topic but are you guys like box collectors because i for one am a box collector <laughs> if i get like i remember growing up as a kid if i got like a new lego thing i would just hold on to the box yeah and just sit in my yeah. closet and now i do the same thing where whether it's like a graphics card or like a pc component or even like uh, like a game card was, i just like i have everything in my closet box wise so our yeah. whole back room is just piled full <laughs> of cardboard boxes especially right now since we just got all this crap and haven't had time to get rid of any of the cardboard <laughs> so i've got this tub this plastic tub in my basement that's full of like classic pc game boxes and i just can't <laughs> get rid of it Ma no. my old mallory is like why why do we have these you know it's like Baldur's gate like the box or like yeah, warcraft. yeah. i've got like the warcraft 2 box you know yeah from like when i was just a kid and i just can't bring myself to let it go oh yeah as far as like collectible boxes go like i have uh some action figures and amiibos and stuff mm -hmm. and i take them out of the boxes and like display them but then i have another shelf where, where i keep all the boxes yeah, <laughs> like, it's got such i've nice still got art. them you know yeah, yeah. <laughs> so to those listening uh, you can probably know that we're hoarders so if you want to get tlc <laughs> or whatever that that tv show the, the I, don't, I guess we're not probably on that level we're but gonna report us to tlc yeah. you know speaking of that, <laughs> get I an intervention i don't think i saw it but I didn't see the episode, but I, I think they had a TLC episode, uh, the hoarders thing with like with a board game collector. Oh really? Oh. Apparently he's trying to like describe why it was collecting. It's not hoarding; is collecting because <laughs> actually there are some board game, um, you know, enthusiasts that own thousands of games. It's it's it's, it's very like, very mm -hmm. common. You know, people yeah. like they build their whole basement has, is full of shelves, and they're all that. It's like a library of yeah. board games, of thousands of board games. Yeah, yeah well, I mean, like, it really is kind of like a library. Like, they don't stick you on hoarders if you've got shelves full of thousands of books in your home, probably. Yeah. If you have just random piles of books and you can't get around anywhere, then they might then stick you on the show. Yeah. But if, <laughs> yeah. if they're nicely you keep, organized and yeah. shelves, yeah, and you're not, you're collecting. <laughs> That's <laughs> the difference. <laughs> yeah, yeah. So I have been playing, well, recently I played, went back and played Puerto Rico. Uh, which is one of my favorite games 
actually, I would say it's the game that sort of got me into uh, sort of the Euro game mm-hmm. scene. Mm. And it's such a good design, you know, so elegant. Um, yeah, I know that word gets thrown around so much, but, uh, you know, it really is really smooth and clean. And I remember back in the day when I was learning it, I thought, oh, boy, this game has a lot of rules. And uh, when we back and pl- when we went back and played it on Sunday, mm-hmm. I'm like, this game has like no rules. Yeah. <laughs> that game's I mean, great. It's so easy to learn. Like I'm thinking of like some of the games we make. Like they have so many more rules. <laughs> <laughs> no, I agree. Yeah. Puerto Rico's like I remember playing that game with you a long time ago, and that was a super fun game. It, it really is like elegant. It's pretty simple too to like to grasp yeah what i like about it too is is it really is thematic you mm-hmm. know which makes it easy to teach you know it may everything makes sense oh you need a guy to go work in the field you need a guy to make the building work and if you have both of those working then you collect a good you know it, it's all very intuitive uh, i had fun with that and what's cool is the box lid i've had this game forever and inside the box lid, we've like recorded every play. Oh, yeah. mm-hmm. And so all the sides are like full of games and the, it's totally loaded with, with writing. And usually what we do is we'll, we'll write down the date and who played and then sort of like the quote in the game, like the funniest <laughs> quote. Yeah. Um, I don't do that with like any other game these days, but uh, with that one, it's just funny to, to see like all the old games we played over the years. So we're still working on Near and Far. Here not, at Red Raven. It's not out yet. It's not It's not out yet. <laughs> I know you're all hoping for episode one. It's like, is it done? Yes. Oh, you, thought it, you thought it was going to drop within a week, but no, <laughs> yeah. still working on it. Yeah, it's we're it's a long haul. It's one of those long development time games. And it's funny that I say that because board game development time is so much shorter than like video games, for example. Mm-hmm. Mm, yeah. Like, um, you know, I've backed some things on Kickstarter. I'm sure a lot of people have where they're like, oh, this will be out next year. Or, you know, this will be out in, uh, you know, 18 months or something. And then like four years later, it comes out. Yeah, <laughs> yeah. that's so awful. And I just think of like how hard it would be just for me because I have a short attention span, like mm-hmm. working on a project for like four years or eight years or whatever, you know. No, we're, it's, it's going well, though. I, I focused a lot this week on um, painting the, the maps. So Near and Far has not one map for the game, but 10 actually will have, have more, which is cool. And it's like, well, yeah. how, how are you going to do that? It's because the, the board is actually a book. Mm-hmm. So that's sort of the cool new thing that we're doing. Do you know what the material of the book is going to be? Well, yeah, I mean, at this point, the idea is if anybody's played Above and Below, you can open that, um, the storybook, and the material will will be kind of what the cover is on that Mm -hmm. book. So it's like a a card stock. It won't be like a thick board because you could never do that in a book. Right. But it'll be like a card stock. And when when they're all together like that, they, they lay pretty flat and and uh can kind of they're pretty hardy i would say so. yep and the maps are looking pretty good too yeah, awesome. yeah. We're, we're doing yes. some uh, photoshop magic here just yeah. throwing things around yeah trees mountains yeah. trees grass little cats yeah cats are, just we have everywhere cats exclusively like, just cats with like lasers <laughs> getting out of the eyes. we should make that Kickstarter that, that has to be now <laughs> <laughs> we've met now that we've mentioned it yeah. people are gonna beg for it listeners for the want, cat map if you want a cat map look at the Kickstarter exclusive <laughs> 
vote today on the URL that's presented below the screen, below the podcast. It doesn't exist. But if you want it to happen, <laughs> voice your opinion. Uh, no cat map. Although, no. I oh, think too bad. Uh, cat with um, lasers. I kind of like that idea. Yeah. And we'll yeah. have to see what happens there. So one thing I wanted to talk about a little bit about Near and Far this week was is how the, uh, the story mechanic is different than Above and Below. Because Above and Below has that storybook in it, and so does Near and Far. So, Brenna, you've played both of them. Yeah. What what have you noticed that's different between the two? Well, in Above and Below, the story elements are a bit more random. And in Near and Far, there are sort of the random encounters, and then also the main story encounters that go with your character's individual quests. So you have sort of an ongoing story. But even with the more sort of random encounters in Near and Far, uh, they're eventually going to be connected to individual spots on the map. So even then, they're not quite as random because they'll be place-specific. Yeah, that's right. And the idea is to have some art that maybe links in with the encounter as well. Like, not all of them will have that, but when you look on the map, you might see, like, a little house somewhere, and you're like, oh, let's go see what's in that house. So you kind of walk over and... And you get to read what happens. So one of the other differences, but that one of the things we've changed in Near and Far in the story elements is that every story now has a written. Um... Okay, let me start. This will get edited. <laughs> <laughs> no, we're keeping it in now, actually. Yeah. So one of the new things in yeah one of the new things in Near and Far is that the story elements they have uh, a paragraph that like a reaction paragraph. So in near and far, not all the par- not all of the encounters had that. You just read the story and then at the end of the story there would be, you know, your choices and sometimes they would lead to what happened and sometimes they don't. And we yeah. kind of just left it up to players to sort of role play, you know. I I was hoping that players would read that and just kind of have fun making up like, "Oh, well, he failed because he, you know, he tried really hard but he he tripped on a mushroom and and hurt his face or whatever and then he you know he looked bad and and they didn't like him so yeah, <laughs> yeah. <laughs> whatever anyway and near and far we we've done we've put more specific reactions in so you get to read yeah yeah so that means each individual encounter really feels more like a complete little story thanks to those reaction paragraphs yeah although we still mostly don't have failure paragraphs there are really only success paragraphs but <laughs> yeah. so you still have to make up what happens if you trip over a mushroom and yeah yeah i think a bad and I, job and i think that's part of the fun honestly i want to leave and i've noticed when players play above and below and read that book they'll ad lib stuff into yeah, yeah. It just to make it their own and i think that's great yeah i agree one of the other things we've done in near and far is we've added quests so you might get to the end of a paragraph and it will say you gain quest four and then you write on your little character card four. So next time you have an encounter, you're gonna be it's gonna be linked to that last encounter. So you have these multiple quest these quests with multiple encounters. Yep. Um, and it and we've made these branching trees. So you might go one way or the other way, and depending on what you choose in the paragraphs, that'll lead to a different end. So yeah. Yep. There's that. definitely some more uh, interactive fiction elements in the near and far book. Yeah. Yeah. And it, it's been fun because, you know, Brenna has one one of the reasons we, we brought her on to Red Raven is that she actually has experience with interactive fiction. Yep. Like, uh, what, what's your 
what's your game that you did um the well i can't remember which one of that that's called yeah the, um the priorities robot. yeah priorities yeah where uh, you play as a robot on a ship where everyone else is dead you're a team making robot gaining sentience on a ship full of dead people it's a lot of fun <laughs> yeah it's, it's... Yeah, it sounds so morbid, but it's actually, it doesn't come across like... Quite, yeah, it, quite it's like not, that, yeah. Because the robot is so innocent, like the robot doesn't realize that people are dead. Mm-hmm. Which is really an interesting, it, it, it's from it's from the robot's perspective. So you as the player know that these people are floating around dead, but like the robot doesn't realize it. Yeah. It's, just, yeah. it's kind of like this funny... That's the robot just wants awesome. to make tea for people and yeah. doesn't understand why no one wants tea anymore. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, yeah, the robot... I, you know when you go up to someone you're like offer them tea or something and then like they don't do anything so the robot's like they're not reacting to that choice yep. <laughs> <laughs> they yep. must not want the tea or something yeah, <laughs> mm-hmm. yeah so you know we're, we're we're trying to incorporate more of that into uh, near and far just with all these different elements the more interactive fiction just to make the game more immersive all right i that that leads us to our next uh, section, which is sort of a game development tip we like to leave people with at the end of our podcast. Um, just some things that we, you know, that I've sort of learned at Red Raven. Maybe it's not applicable to everybody. You know, maybe it's a load of, you know, garbage, but you're overhyping this right now. Yeah. Take, <laughs> take it with a grain of salt. Um, you know, and don't blame me if it doesn't work out for you, but <laughs> always wash your hands. Yeah, that's wash that's your hands. just the general uh dis- the dis- disclaimer the general disclaimer yeah. if i can say words yeah. for this podcast so we in don't general get sued? Is that- don't sue us <laughs> if our advice doesn't turn out well for you ryan told me to do this it didn't work yes yeah <laughs> so in my experience every time i've come up with a game design idea it's always best if i make the prototype as quickly as possible and then play it as soon as i can because the more time i waste like fleshing it out and making it beautiful and making like the prototype just look gorgeous for that first play inevitably we sit down and play that the game and it it's not working it's not any good so i just mm-hmm. wasted like all this time so my advice is if you design a game make just the, the the quickest prototype you can just junk you know just grab some paper write it out as quickly as you can just to see if it works and if it's interesting because oftentimes in your head that game will sound like it's going to be really great but once you put it on the table with, with some other people, you're like, oh, that, that doesn't work. It's yeah. not fun. What was the prototype for uh, Near and Far, even Above and Below like? Yeah, Above and Below, I remember it was basically just uh, cardstock and, and marker, you know? I just, uh, and, and I didn't make the entire game either. Mm-hmm. I made like just enough that we could play a couple rounds. And I, that's, that's enough, honestly, to see if it's good. Because when it, in game design, I think it's best if you're just willing to uh, throw stuff away that's not working. I think a lot of new designers, they come up with an idea and they hold on to it forever. They just, they don't want to let that go. It's like, it's the best thing ever. I don't want to let this go. But I think being flexible is really powerful in game design. Like Near and Far, for example, I have gone through so many versions of it. Like, and it's so much different than it was when we first played it. Part of that is I've just been willing to throw away stuff. You know, I'll throw away, I'll work a week on something and it won't work and I'll just throw it away. And I think that's uh, important in game design, which is harder in video game design, you know, because it takes so long to implement something. Although I've heard a lot of similar advice in video game design 
as to the the main piece of advice here, which is that if you have an idea for a game, you want to get something, you want to get a playable demo with the main core gameplay mechanics done as quickly as possible. You don't want to spend all this time on the UI and the graphics and stuff and making it pretty, but unplayable for months and months as yeah. you're doing that. So. That's interesting because I was watching this video about the people who created Sonic Boom. And it's like, it's a new uh, game that's on the Wii U based off Sonic characters. And it's terrible. <laughs> yeah. uh, but when they were talking about how the game was developed, the, the creators of the game, they originally were using this specific uh, engine. And it was inc- it looked incredible. But then when they realized that they're porting it to the Wii U and not to the PlayStation 4 or to the, to the Xbox One, they had to downgrade it. And so they focused too much on making it look pretty enough that they didn't focus on the actual mechanics of the game and it suffered like yeah, terribly. You've gotta wise. you've gotta make yeah. a game fun first and then you can fill in all the rest of the stuff. Yeah. And that's also something that, that's that would be tough in video game design, I think, because if if the if your if your goal is to make a really good game and that should be your goal, not a pretty game. I mean it should also be beautiful, <laughs> I think. But yeah. your first goal should be, is this a great game? So that that means that for months or years the game isn't going to look that cool, you know. Oh yeah. <laughs> oh yeah, you just got to you just got to throw in whatever little bits of graphics you've got yeah. lying around just to fill it in and Yeah. Yeah. And it's also a tip from looking to buy games, don't just look by the cover of the book or by the game because there are some games that look really pretty and they have like awesome pieces, but when you play you're like this is a pretty lame basic <laughs> game that has like nothing interesting to bring to the table so there you go that's our uh weekly tip anybody else have any more comments before we uh I don't sign know, off um, did we get here back I don't from know. lily or whatever sally the, the the mattress people oh no <laughs> lisa there you go lisa Lisa, but no don't sally. say their name because they haven't sally. paid us for advertisement yet <laughs> they sell sally no. sells couches no but and if lily you uh if you want to check out my robot interactive fiction game and also another little sort of visual novel type game that I made, you can check out my Itch.io page, which is at uh, itch.io, itch.io, slash cfeed, uh, C-E-P-H-E-I-D. So. What is Itch.io? Is it like a blog? Or? Oh, no, it's a great, it's a really great platform for uh, indie game developers to get their games out there. So, and also comic creators. It's kind of like a more democratic Steam Okay. I guess. <laughs> Interesting. Steam for the people. Yeah. Yep. And be sure to check out our Twitter at Red Raven Game. Just one. Yeah, no just less. one game. Yep. We make multiple just games. One but... game. <laughs> and then be sure to visit our website, redravengames.com. And thank you for listening and keep playing games. But yeah. before we oh. before we close this yeah. thing, come on. We gotta tell people how to listen to our podcast. Oh right. So, so t- where are we, Craig? So you can find our podcast on uh, SoundCloud as well as iTunes and a Stitcher, which is just an app that you can download on your uh, smartphone device. I highly recommend Stitcher. Honestly, I really love Stitcher. I know everyone's like loving iTunes, but listen, I, I was an iTunes believer, but then I saw the true light, the true religion <laughs> of podcasting, uh, which is through Stitcher. So. You can find our podcasts on those. And I, I've heard some people have like started using like Updog or Dogcatcher or something like that. And they've uploaded our feed. So if you want to look up there, you can. And our feed's available on uh, SoundCloud. So if you want to use a specific uh, uh, 
podcasting app you can upload that rss feed there so. you can you can request that we upload it other places but if you do please include an instruction manual for how to do that because we're bad <laughs> at figuring that out <laughs> there you go yeah. all right thanks guys yeah yeah all right cool well yeah see ya see ya see you next week <laughs> see you next week <laughs> we'll just end it there Fix it in post. Yeah. Oh, here, I'll wait. Say, somebody say something. I'll make them say something weird. I'm Brenna Asplund. And I stole from my mom's purse. <laughs> you see that? Yeah. <laughs> yeah.